The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Your safe space for tough conversations, exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony. Building Resilience. Talking Trauma. Radio Tony. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Radio Tony. On W4WN, a platform for the unheard. Good evening, America, and good morning, Australia. You're back listening to Radio Tony Live, and I'm your host, Tony Lontis. And this week's show is another author in the spotlight with my friend and amazing Australian mystery author, C.T. Mitchell, a.k.a. Greg Reed. But before I introduce you to Greg, a quick reminder that I am really grateful for you guys who listen every single week, who provide me with feedback and send me questions. Um, I love that you listen each week and I'm really appreciative and grateful for you that uh, come on and and engage with us on the show. Just a quick reminder that you can find Radio Tony and information about Radio Tony on our Facebook page and on the website radiotony.com. I have a bit of news this week, my listeners. This week on Binge Networks TV, my own channel is uploaded and live and uh, later in the show I'll pop up some links in the chat box. So if you're interested in seeing some of my other interviews, they're all coming up live on our own channel, Tony TV, on Binge Networks in the USA. Now, last week we had another amazing author, Kez Wickham St. George, and you had some wonderful questions for Kez about self-publishing and how she helps people get their books published. So I can tell you that uh, Kez has been giving me some advice about my writing, and she does now, besides writing her own books, help people with mentorship about their own books. She has wonderful advice. She has uh, a long history in writing, mentoring and editing and she's available via the links that we put up last week. If you missed that interview, you can hear the replay on listen, listen Notes with all the information and I'll pop that link into the box as we go along. Now, our wonderful author today is C.T. Mitchell and he is an Australian author, a very prolific, <clears throat> prolific Australian author. Um, He writes with the aim of wanting you to be able to escape into the crime world without being scared. His books are short and can be devoured in a lunch break while others are longer and are real page turners that keep you guessing right to the last page. Some are mysteries, some are traditional detectives mysteries, others involve amateur sleuths, much to the dislike of local police. And then there's thrillers, multiple murders with more twists and turns than a cinnamon roll. CT, or my friend Greg, is the author of 37 mystery and cosy mystery short reads, one thriller novel, and 13 number one Amazon bestseller books. So I'm really excited to introduce you to C.T. Mitchell. Uh, That's his pen name. Real name is Greg, and I'm going to call him Greg for the term of this interview. Good morning, Greg. Morning, Tony. How pumped am I? I know. Just listening to that beginning with uh, Rebel Yell, I mean, I was getting fired up. And I was thinking, well, what a start. What a start. Oh, so it's gonna, this is going to be great today. 
I I love the fact that we took a bit of a turn midway through last year and started to focus on authors because the listening authors are curious about how authors become authors. And Greg, I know your story is a really interesting one, but I want to just go back to the beginning. You weren't always an author. So what was your real job? Um, I was one of those frustrated authors who just, you know, had the so-called story dying to get out, and I housed that for so many years while I was a real estate agent. And it was an interesting career as a real estate agent because I got to meet a lot of different people, and in my case, I got to meet a lot of different criminals. And uh, (laughs) we can't discriminate against a criminal because they too need to buy a house or lease a house or, you know, they've got to get services added and all these kind of things. And so you have a tendency to associate with them. And it's just uh, an interesting um, group of people. And I think that's what prompted me on to eventually start writing. Because I remember you telling me, Greg, that um, these criminal types were not uh, really uh, always the scary, typical criminal. Often they were just, as you say, uh, living pretty everyday lives and looking for a house. But you have some amazing stories from your um, dealings with these people. Have you got time for just a quick story? Uh, yeah, let me let me pick out a quick one. Um, back in the in the late eighties, uh, a friend of mine and, and, and myself, we ran our own agency in the, in the Brisbane CBD, and we used to manage a number of uh, buildings, about twelve CBD buildings, and uh, the building was owned by a very well known jeweller in Brisbane, and uh, one of our tenants uh, happened to be. Uh, occupying the ground floor there was a nightclub on the ground floor and the owner of the building said to my mate and I I want you to go down see this particular guy I want you to get a new lease and increase the rent so as little 20 something year old guys uh, we toddled (laughs) off taking our uh, instructions dutifully and we went down to this other guy's particular nightclub in the Fortitude Valley. And it was about 5.30 on a, on a Friday afternoon. In those days, clubs and bars weren't open. They didn't open until a bit later on. And uh, we were led into the establishment and uh, given our seats by a girl who, yeah, wasn't wearing a lot of clothing. Um, I think, you know, this particular <laughs> owner never paid her very well, obviously. That, that's, that was our interpretation anyway. Uh, and she offered us uh, to get a, a drink or whatever we wanted. And uh, we, being nice, good little boys, said we'll just have a Coke. And uh, we sat down in the booth. And um, within a few minutes, the owner of the, of the club and the man who we would sort of deal with came out and uh, sat down. Now, I'm not discriminating here. He was a, a gentleman of Italian origin. Um had, uh, you know, a a fairly decent reputation around uh, Brisbane and and Queensland. And he sat down, he said, Mm -hmm. welcome, boys. We want to, um, what do you want to chat about? And we said, listen, we need to get more rent and we need you to sign a new lease uh, on that uh, establishment uptown. And he turned to us and he smiled and he kind of said, boys, if that's what you want, I'll put a bulldozer through the basement of the building and I'll fire bomb it just for good measure. Now, oh my God. When I say that, that's not very scary. But when (laughs) it comes from a gentleman who was named in a major royal commission uh, in Queensland, uh, we both turned white. And very quickly, we decided we would get out of that establishment and go back and and see the building owner and and inform him that there would be no new lease and no new, um, uh, what do you call it, um, increase of rate. So uh, that's what happened. That was one of the stories of many that uh, sort of lightened me along to become a crime writer. I was going to say it was those stories that started your brain creatively thinking about crime mystery thrillers. But what was it that that actually got you to take action and start writing in that particular genre? Was it a key Uh, moment, a key thing? It was kind of a, uh, as 
as I've already alluded to, it was an interest, I yes. suppose. And that uh -huh. led me to, you know, reading crime novels, particularly by famous authors like Agatha Christie. And I started to tune into TV shows that uh, we may now be familiar with, like Midsummer Murders, A Touch of Frost, Morse, etc. Yeah. But I, I still procrastinated, and I think this is what a lot of people do, a lot of potential authors, readers, listeners, whatever, who want to write a book, they procrastinate and they, they self-sabotage themselves by saying that yes. I'm not going to be good enough, nobody's going to read. So I needed to get support, and what I did is I searched online for a writing group that I could get yes. inside, uh, mix with other authors, listen to the problems, listen to all the success stories, get the tips of what I was going to need in order to, um, to write and write uh, well. And uh, that's what I did. I joined the group and uh, the fellow who ran it was very, very succinct in saying that you just need to start writing, um, do something like now and get it out and whatever. And I took him literally. Uh, I think I joined yes. on a Thursday and on the weekend I wrote the shortest book ever known to mankind, and I published it <laughs> and I put it up. Uh, I went through all the process of how to upload and add photos. In yes. fact, when I got to the cover section, I never actually had a book cover. So stupidly, I just uploaded a photograph of myself. But it went through and I hit the publish button and technically I was now a published author and the fear of becoming a published had dissipated totally. And Hey, to my yes. benefit, I ended up selling 30 books uh, during the next few days. And I said to myself, hey, this can work. And that's this where I went from there. Thing. Fantastic. That's a wonderful story, Greg. Um, I love the um, story around why you use the pen name C.T. Mitchell. Can you tell our listeners, it's a very special story and I love it. So can you tell the listeners about why sure. you write under C.T. Mitchell? Yeah, sure. Um, Again, it, within the group, uh, there's a, there was a lot of training and part of the training was on whether or not you would use your own name or you would use a pen name. And depending on the genre that you are writing in, uh, either or would be an acceptable. But you also needed to have a name that, I suppose, resonated with the area. So if listeners were, for example, reading young adult YA uh, material, it probably wouldn't resonate that it was coming from a guy called Greg, you know, uh, a Travis yeah. and a Josh and all those sorts of names would resonate a lot more. And similarly, if uh -huh. I was writing, writing um, uh, romance, again, coming from a male is probably not the right thing because men typically are not the best romance writers. That's a genre dominated by women and they are undoubtedly the best writers uh, of romance. So I... Uh, took the idea of coming up with a pen name. And what I did is that I amalgamated my three kids' names. So we have Calvin, Taylor, and Mitchell. And hence the name C.T. Mitchell was born. And uh, I've done it on the basis of uh, passing the books and things on as a legacy uh, to my kids. Which is a beautiful story. And C.T. Mitchell, I have to say, does lend itself so well to crime and mystery and thrillers. So your first, very first book was self-published. Yeah. Um, and I know that now you have an actual publisher. So for our listeners, can you explain to them the difference between being self-published and having a publisher from yep. your perspective? Yeah. Um. Self-publishing today is a very much a vibrant environment to be in. It's the easiest way if you are a listener out there and you're wanting to become an author and get yourself published. Amazon changed the world uh, back in yes. 2007. And in doing that, uh, allowed people to upload their material. The criticism that people have about self-publishers is that the quality of the work is not as good. But I tend to differ with that because today we are a global world. We're able to meet and mix with various people. And I run a virtual team of uh, editors, uh, book designers, even the guy who formats my books so they flow very nicely uh, is based in the Ukraine. Um, so yeah. it's, a, it's an exciting way to go. And being a self-publisher means that you can get your book up, you can do it quickly, uh, you've got total control, you control the pricing, 
uh, where it's going to be um, situated, where it's only going to be Amazon exclusive or it's going to go to a different number of platforms, all those kind of good things. The big difference, though, with being uh, an author that has a publisher is that self-publishers are still not very well accepted into bookstores. Most bookstores yes. will only take books that are coming from uh, a publishing house and they've got connections. There's a, a particular site they all go to uh, and they are able to uh, select their books and, and take them into stock. And same with big department stores like Kmart and Big W, they run the same thing. Uh, there are some stores that will take um, self-publishers, uh, which is what I do with some of my local ones down on the uh, Tweed Coast. But yes. generally you have to have a, um, a traditional publisher for that. That's the major difference. Um, and yeah. yeah. How did you go about getting your publisher? And it was a little bit down the track, wasn't it, that you actually got a publisher? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't chase the publisher uh, of concept within uh, the first few years of writing. As I said, I started writing in 2015. It wasn't until about 2018 that I actually uh, got a publisher uh, based in the UK. And uh, the typical way that you do that is obviously you, you're, you're searching for publishers, you submit manuscripts and whatever. Um, publishers can be a, a little bit... Um, a finite and how they accept those things. They may only accept them via certain forms of submission that could only be submitted on certain days of the week. Um, yes. And then, unfortunately, a lot of time you sit there and you wait and you wait and you wait and you have no idea yeah. if it's even being read or whatever. And today, um, that can take, you know, at least three months before you get a, a, a reply back. Yeah. So you need a bit of a thick skin uh, if you're going down that angle yes. as well. But yes, I did. I did get a traditional uh, publisher. We got a traditional contract. Um, they were able to get me into uh, bookstores in in the UK, particularly the, the nice yeah. big ones like Waterstones, W. Yes. H. Smith, um, Foils, etc. Plus, put and me that's on, a bit uh, of the. the, the sorry. That's sorry, Greg. That's a bit of the difference, isn't it? When you that's the have big a big publisher behind you, yeah. That's the big difference. Uh, if you have a publisher, they they are. Uh, uh, the, they're in a certain club. I think it's uh, in Australia. There might be the Australian Publishers Association. And once you've got that um, tag behind you, I uh, said bookstores and other places or platforms where you can sell books take uh, a deeper interest. Even though, you know, I said your goods may look really nice uh, as a self-publisher, it's, it's, it's great for the ego to be going out to a yes. bookstore or standing at the airport and just sort of pointing and at see your, your book. books. <laughs> yeah. People think you're yeah, weird, yeah. but you know, still. No, because it, it, uh, writing is not without its own discipline and um, you have to keep at it. You have to be consistent. So there's a lot of work that goes into publishing a book, even a, even a short reads. Um, Greg, can you tell us, you recently were telling me about a deal with Juggernaut Books in India. Yep. What does that mean for your publishing journey? Well, it's ex it's an exciting journey for me because – uh, I was yeah. fortunate uh, one evening to have uh, dinner with a group of authors uh, here in Brisbane. Uh, one of the ladies uh, on that uh, dinner uh, was a technical writer, uh, Indian by origin, and she was telling me about the book scene in India, that there was something like 60 million uh, Indian readers of English works. And uh, that's wow. obviously a very big market. That's the size of the UK. Yes. So um, yes. I merely jumped on board and I found a company called Juggernaut Books, which again has a fantastic story in that they came out of uh, the traditional publishing uh, world of uh, Random House, etc. They decided yes. to create a new platform, which is basically a mobile platform. And what their uh, benefit is, is that they... Uh, get their books uploaded via mobile phones into readers' hands. So I immediately uh -huh. imagined millions and millions of Indian people going to work, having lunch, and being able to read my book um, online. <laughs> and Juggernaut's yes. just gone ballistic over the years. They had venture capital. They sold a million copies of books uh, in the first 10 months that they were uh, born. But now they have... Wow. Uh, 
the biggest telco in India as their joint venture partner. So that, you know, secures up um, you know, a, a sort of uh, streamless supply uh, through those mobile networks uh, for books. Um, and they're going gangbusters. And I love it. Um, um, yes. Indian readers are very, very voracious kind of readers. So it's been good for me. How cool is that? Yeah. Um, the other thing that's exciting in CT Mitchell World is the deal with a Chinese company. Mm. Can you tell us about that one? Yeah. Well, that came out of the blue about, uh, let's, let's say, a month ago now. Um, I received yes. an email from a uh, Chinese company that I'd never heard of. Um, and I'm not I'm not bragging about anything. And you you would you would see no, these things no. too, Tony. You're, yes. you're getting yes. offers and stuff from emails yes. that just don't make any sense. Yes. Uh, yes. But I did Google the company and discovered that uh, they set up in 2012. They've now got 60,000 employees around the world. Um, wow. They're now valued at over a hundred billion US dollars. And they are the company wow. that owns oh. TikTok uh, and Hello, which is a major uh, social network in India, uh, as being two of the major things that they own. And what they want to do now is to, I suppose, run competition against Amazon um, in that they yes. can uh, use a different kind of platform. They're going to trial it basically out of Canada initially. Yes. Um, but it'll be an advertising platform, a different sort of revenue split, but a generous one at that. And um, yeah. so we're kicking that off. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Well, we've obviously all the contracts have been signed. Uh, they were genuine. Uh, as I said, I was skeptical. Uh, the advance yes. did arrive in my bank account. Uh, so I knew then it was. Oh, great. So That's I'm, I'm excited. Can I just plug Absolutely. one? Can I just plug one more thing? That was yes, exciting please. four weeks ago. As of yes. now, as of uh, in the last couple of days, I've received another offer from an Australian publishing house. This is a new company, but it's also yes. a um, an up and coming. They've got some really good authors inside of it, and they've uh, yes. particularly award winning authors uh, in around the fields. There's a there's a book called Lament out now, which yes. tells the Ned mm -hmm. Kelly story from one of the uh, descendants of Ned Kelly. And uh, yeah. it's a fabulous read, and th this is one of the books they've got going. So the name of the company is uh, Hawkeye Publishing, and they've uh -huh. been – they're on the rise. Um, they've definitely got some good things. Uh, and we're going to be talking, getting together, doing a book deal with them uh, as well. Uh, they've got some incredibly good staff in there, particularly um, structural editors, which is something that yes, I yes. need and want, want to get done. So. Hawkeye uh, Publishing is um, it will be my next um, publishing house that I'll, I'll run through as well. Oh, oh my goodness, I'm so excited! <laughs> I've been, as I said, listeners, I have been dying to talk to Greg. We had like last year with COVID, it was just so hard to connect. And when Greg agreed to come back on the show, I was just so excited to be able to share his journey with you because it's really inspirational. You have to remember that Greg didn't start writing until he was 56, a spring chicken at 56. But <laughs> nevertheless, he didn't. He hasn't been writing that long and he has done the hard slog and is now starting to see some of the excess, which I find incredibly exciting. So, Greg, I wanted to know if you could tell the listeners there's a particular the process you follow when you write. Can you tell our listeners about that? Sure. Um, it, de it depends on the book. So let me just out, uh, give you a description of a, of a short book. Um, one yes. of the great things about a short book is that you must uh, keep the pace going a lot faster than you may do in a novel. Uh -huh. uh, you can't waffle in a novel, but still uh, it can be obviously brought out. Short books also have less uh, character descriptions, but over time, if you uh -huh. become a reader of them, you'll pick up the, the nuances of, of the yes. particular characters. So uh, I got this tip from uh, a gentleman who um, was a prolifically successful author in, in the United States, and he and yes. I chatted for quite some time. We still chat today. But he gave yes. me the concept of being able to watch uh, television shows, break those shows down into scenes, 
and then uh, expand upon the scenes. And I'm fortunate that I own a lot of um, uh, crime-type DVDs, which I watch, uh-huh. and I'm able to uh-huh. slow them down, pick out the scenes, basically write out a scene, and then um, from there. Obviously, I don't copy the scene. Obviously, I don't take what no. I've just seen. But yes. I will then mix stories or mix scenes, you know, change things around so I create a brand new story. But it gives me structure as in how, how the business will flow. I then put all those things on sticky notes. I put them up on, a, on my whiteboard and then I walk to the, mm-hmm. the whiteboard and a short story might have uh, 27 scenes, for example. I'll pluck off yes. one of the um, uh, little pieces of paper and I'll write, let's say, 500 words in around that that scene. Mm-hmm. And I go through mm-hmm. the entire book and at the end I've got 13 and a half, 15,000 words and there's my little novella done. Ah, so there's quite, a tip. quite simple. Yes. There's, there's a tip for uh, if you're listening and you're not sure how to do it or whatever and you like yes. TV shows, doesn't matter what genre Stop. you're in, you can take some scenes. Obviously, don't plagiarise or copy exactly what you've got. No. But, um, you know, expand Use your imagination. It. Yeah, use your imagination, correct. Now, Greg, you have 13 number one best-selling books within your genre, and you've done that in five years. You uh, – I remember us talking about a three-step process are you happy to share that three-step process with the listeners for your number one bestsellers? Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the very the, the simple steps are this: write, engage, offers. So, by writing, I mean I write a lot. I continue yes, to write because one thing I found, and, and uh, a bookstore owner will tell you the same thing is they want you to have more than one book out. It's nice to write Uh a book, but you need to have the next one going as well Uh, because Mm -hmm. someone falls madly in love with your book, they're waiting for the next one. And if you're too long, if you're another year or two years away producing a book, you get forgotten. And for a bookstore owner, they don't like that. That's They can't build momentum on sales. So I write a Uh lot. And I said there's no fear of writing. You just start writing and... You know, over time, you can take courses and do all those kind of things, but you just get better by writing. Second thing is you need to have some decent offers. And what I have a tendency to do by producing my books, you can have, you know, buy a book for, uh, let's, let's say I'll give you a box set. The box set might be 7 or $8 or something to that nature. Um, yes. You, I will create an offer that, you know, for this weekend or this Australia Day or something to that nature, you can pick up this particular box set for 99 cents or whatever. So uh-huh. I continue to create innovative offers in and around down things. You know, give me your best yes. um, Lamington recipe for Australia Day and you go into, you know, winning a book, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. The third, and yes. this is the critical part of where you – get your books into uh, be seen on Amazon is that you have a very Mm -hmm. engaging reader list and I've worked hard Uh at having a list of people and mine's mine's not huge it's 10,000 people but it's an engaged list it's people who write to me on a daily basis or weekly basis I, I, I reciprocate and I send out information I don't go to the list and say, bye, 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 my book. I go to the list and I have a chat to you. How's your day going, Tony? What do you like to read, Tony? Are you a uh, paperback sort of girl, Tony, et cetera, et cetera? And we build a Uh little relationship, like we're building a relationship with a friend and we talk to the person like a friend. But when I have a new book coming out, I then say to them, um, Murder Secret is launched today. Just because you're one of my favourite uh, library readers, you can have that yes. book for $0.99, cents, $2.99, or whatever the special price will be. Mm-hmm. And it's because those readers, we have a relationship, we're so engaged, yes. they are able to jump onto Amazon, buy enough books that will get me top 10 uh, on Amazon in the United States 
um, within that particular category. And the murder thriller suspense category is a very, very big category. Um, it's set yes. only second to romance. So um, when I say this works well, I mean it in a nice way, is that because the relationship there, people are, uh, are happy to support me. People are happy to, they want to read my next book anyway. Uh, and that's yes. the secret ingredient. A lot of authors don't have uh, an email list, whereas I do. It's my own yes. list that I continue to build that relationship with. I have to tell you, listeners, that um, Greg and I met really early on in my author journey, and some of the tips that Greg is sharing with you today are some of the things that I actively took on in my own um, space and I know that they work. So that engagement with your listeners, that engagement with your list, that engagement with your people is so important and I can honestly say that I just enjoy the interaction. So my listeners on Radio Tony on W4WN, I get questions and messages from them every week and I can't thank them enough for their feedback and their questions and I know that Greg does the same but just wanted to point out that that tip from Greg back years ago is something that I know works so he's not just speaking from a place of of being a international bestseller he's done the work and he has the tips and they do work and I can vouch for that from my perspective so, Greg, um, I wanted to, um, since we're talking to um, a predominantly US uh, audience this morning, how can listeners connect with you? Uh, pretty simply, uh, the, the first off place to go to would be to my website, which is uh, ctmitchellbooks.com, and I think there'll be a link somewhere within this and um, broadcast. I was just going to say, I'm up. I'm going to put the link straight into the chat box as uh, Greg tells them. As he says them, I'll put them in the chat box. Yeah. So citymitchellbooks.com is a place for you to go. Uh, if you feel so inclined, you can uh, join my uh, library, as I call it, uh, become one of my readers. As I've already explained, I'm not going to be badgering you with buying my books. Uh, you will. We'll have a conversation. You will have an opportunity to get some books. I give away a lot of uh, free chapters. I give away free books during there. Um, and we also said just have, have a nice good old chat. So that's the predominant place to go. You can also buy your books from there via Amazon, etc. I'm obviously on Facebook, uh, which is uh, facebook.com forward slash CT Mitchell author. I have a page there. You'll be you won't be on your own. There's about 22,500 people uh, on that particular platform. Uh, and again, we have a nice little um, catch up. Uh, if you're a cozy mystery reader, you love the Miss Marples, the Hercule Poirot type stories, I have another Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash CT Mitchell Cozies. And um, you can have a look at those there uh, as well and win a lot of free stuff. But they're the places you'll find the sites hopefully interesting enough. I've got blog articles up about book writing, etc. I've got um, uh, book characterizations there as well. If you want to find out what uh, Detective Jack Creed is like and how old he is and how tall he is and how much he weighs and all those sorts of intricate details, I've put them up on, onto the C.T. Mitchell Books uh, website as well. And listeners, if you keep listening towards the end, we have a, a special offer for you, but we'll get to that later in the day. Greg, I want to know um, from a listener's perspective, do you still dabble in real estate uh, or are you more writing more and more versus and doing less real estate? So are you still involved in real estate or not? I still consult. I have a, a larger uh, franchise group here in Australia that I consult with and I, uh, I, I do work still with them. Uh, my books are becoming more and more dominant in my life and, you know, eventually yes. uh, I will phase purely in, into, uh, into book writing. Um, uh, but at, at the moment, uh, I still have an interest in, in real estate. I've, I've kind of always liked it um, and yes. yeah, it keeps me active as well. The real estate marking market is um, fascinating. I, I know from a personal 
perspective, um, I like to watch the real estate around our area and it fascinates me. Um, We went through a period of time um, over December and into January where there were no properties available for sale in our area, which is Talabudra Valley. It's essentially a rural beachside community, but you could not buy property. There was just nothing available. Mm. And every day in our mailbox, we would receive these, do you want to sell your house? Do you want to sell your property? Look how much we're selling this for. Look how much we're selling that for. So um, I'm a bit like Greg. I have a bit of a fascination with real estate. I like to watch the uh, unit and apartment uh, prices in both Brisbane and the Gold Coast. We have gone through periods of time when we've had multiple uh, investment properties. We don't have any now. We've just got our nice little spot in uh, rural Talabadra Valley. But I understand the draw of real estate. And whilst it seems completely opposite to being a crime mystery writer, knowing Greg, I know how the two interlink from all the stories that he's told me over the years. Mm -hmm. Greg, what does a wonderful day look like for you? Oh, my, my days uh, flow fairly similarly. So I, I wake up um, typically somewhere about 5, 5.30. Uh, admittedly, at the moment, I'm probably sleeping a little bit longer than that. But um, my early writing days back in 2015, I was on a mission to uh, get mm-hmm. my books out. And so I used to get up at, uh, let's just say, 5.30, start writing for a couple of hours. And I would do that, you know, six to seven days a week. And hence why I was able to prolifically produce a lot of books very quickly. As I said, I just, I've discovered from other writers and I've discovered from bookshop owners and whatever that momentum is important. That if you get yes. somebody who likes your writing, they want to hear from you more often. It's the same as an email. You're talking to a friend yes. and if you think about you and your friends now, it's, it's nice to jump on the phone and say good day and how are you going or catch up for a coffee. You're not a pest yeah. and so you're, you're yeah. wanting to be involved in that. But I would uh, do the writing. Um, I would typically from 7.30 to maybe 8.15, 8.30, I'd go for a walk, uh, clear my head, clear the day, uh, come home, have a quick breakfast and uh, sort of be you know, shower and get ready and be ready to sort of kick off the day at like nine o'clock in the morning. And um, These days, I've said, still consulting to the real estate groups. I'm either out there seeing them or yeah. whatever. But later in the afternoon, you know, I would sit down and maybe do some more work and or uh, whether it be writing and or looking at the marketing of the books, you know. Um, and that's typically it. In the, in the early days, I would, again, work at night anywhere between sort of 8 p.m. through to 10 p.m. But I said I was on a mission to get books out. I was extremely focused and motivated. Now I've got a decent backlog, uh, catalogue behind me. Um, I'm producing longer books now. I'm going more into novels, so they're a little bit slower coming out. But that's how I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, And you still have that love and passion for writing, though, Greg. Like, that remains with you, doesn't it, from from when you originally started writing? It's still – that's what gets you up and that's what keeps you consistently writing is that love for writing? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Because um, it's just one of those – yeah, and, and I'm being fortunate because it's a second career for me, you know. Um, yes. I had a long career as a real estate agent and typically you'd pack the bags and go home and, and sit there. But this keeps the old grey cells um, turning over. It keeps me interested. Yes. I love the fact that um, by being a fiction writer, um, yes. in a loose sense, I can just make things up. You know, good, yes. good fiction writers have some great research behind them and there's some great nuances uh, that they use. And I do to a, to a certain extent. But the difference between a non-fiction writer, a person who's writing about, you know, the five ways to double your sales in real estate, they've got to be much more factual and they have to do a lot more thing. I love the fact that yes. I can just ramble on and come up with crazy ideas and try and put them into a story. And in, in that in itself, it's never ending because there's so much creativity in around you um, for you yes. to make stories up from. I'm wondering. 
wondering, Greg, as a child, did you have a big, vivid imagination? Because having talked to many authors, um, a lot of them talk about that big, vivid imagination as a child, and mm. they either wrote from the very beginning or rediscovered, like you and I, later in life, that ability to write. So yeah. do you think you have a big imagination? Uh, I I grew up, I'm an only child, so I have uh-huh, some sort uh-huh. of vivid imagination yes, to uh, yes. you know, play with uh, you know, cops and robbers and cowboys and Indians and all those kind of things I did. There was no internet and um, PlayStation games back when I was a kid, but um, I certainly had that. Um, when I got into real estate, I didn't sell the typical um, house and land. I originally started as a land salesman. And that meant uh-huh. I was going onto blocks of land. And let's be honest, most people can't see it. They just see, you know, four pegs in the ground yes, and a there's a big bit of grass. Mm-hmm. But I was mm-hmm. able to give them um, some dreams. You know, this is where we put the house, wouldn't we, Mary? Or what sort of style yeah. would you like? Let's move into the kitchen. What are we using now? Gaganauer equipment, smeg equipment. Uh, yes. With this, would you put the front bedroom over here overlooking the, the lush green acres that you've got or would you put it up closer towards the road and I was able to create these dreams and stories for people so that they could vividly yeah. see it and that helped help me become a bit yes. of a writer I suppose as well yeah fantastic um I w- want to know you see yourself writing for the rest of your life don't you Greg mm-hmm. 100% um this this is what I love to do I said it's it's yes. a great um, career. I uh, sit down and write a day. I mean, I've worked a schedule out for myself now that I call uh, working in zones. And so what I do yes. is I pick out uh, two-hour blocks and I will write. Uh, I call that my go zone because that's the main thing that I want yes. to do. And I sit down yeah. for two hours. I turn my computer noises off and I turn my phone uh-huh. off and all uh-huh. those sort of distractions that somebody on Facebook's not trying to contact me, yada, yada, and I focus yes. for two hours. And you'd be surprised at the amount what you can get of done. work you get done. I reckon I get mm-hmm. probably at least four, if not six hours of work done that I used to do in my normal job, you know, uh, because most uh-huh. of that, my normal job was either down the coffee shop drinking coffee or standing by the water cooler <laughs> talking about MasterChef <laughs> or something the night before. So I, I wasn't doing a, a hell of a lot, but the two-hour time slot, and then I reward myself with another two hours off. Um, I mean, this doesn't happen, obviously, every day, but the two-hour off could be, off, could be uh, going out for dinner for a two-hour block at night. Yes. It could be going to the movies. It could be going down getting a massage. And I found that system is very, very productive for me. Um, and during the two hours, I stand up, I walk around, I do a little bit of a stretch. Um, I said mm-hmm. I've got some drinks and stuff with me. Um it, it works exceptionally well, and that's, I think, will give me longevity uh, as far as keeping to go, uh, as far as writing goes. Um, I, I move around. I have got good friends. We, we talk about things. Yes. I'm, I'm an observer. I watch yes. you know, TV shows and pick up ideas and, and whatever, even, yes. even if it's some tragic thing on the news. So yes. it's plenty to do. Yes. Greg, do you think C.T. Mitchell will continue to write in that genre of crime, mystery, thriller? Have you thought about any of the other genres? Yeah, I mean, I have thought uh, at some stage about the other genres. Um, I've never been a sci-fi kind of guy. I never got yeah. into Star Trek and all those sorts of shows. And um, But, you know, that's a huge genre as well. The biggest genre yes. by, by a country mile is romance. And, you know, most authors, particularly that are yeah. the female, they're in the romance genres. And there's so many sub-genres within these things. There's um, yes. contemporary romance. There's women's romance. It goes way up to the extremes of erotica, etc. And I've looked yes. at those kind of things. But as I said at the beginning, I don't think a male can write good romance. You know, uh, yeah. to, to be blunt, Men are just more the wham, bam, <laughs> thank you, man style of writer. Yes. And whereas women yes, yes. are more expressive, aren't they? Let's, yeah. let's be honest. Mm-hmm. And they write the best romance stories. So it's not an area. I mean, 
there are a lot of uh, authors out there who employ what they call ghost writers. Um, and so from yes. a business aspect, I could go down the, the, the um, line of trying to hire ghost. a ghost mm-hmm. writer, a woman ghost writer, mm-hmm. and write romance. Yes, um, yes. But that's, I mean, it's enticing, but not. I rather focus on what my strengths are. My strengths are the I was going like, to say, yes. Yeah. yeah, it's a crime, and I like that kind of thing. I like traditional yes. detective crimes, and I've got, you know, Detective Jack Creed at Cabarita Beach solving all the murders. And if your listeners are in the United yes. States and you come to Australia, never stay at Cabarita Beach uh, on New South Wales' uh, <laughs> northern coast because a lot of murders occur there, uh, but only fictionally, <laughs> only fictionally. Um, but there's also the cosy mysteries that I love, and I love... Um, yes. When I say the, the Miss Martley kind of things, that, that style, Hercule yes. Poirot, Midsummer Murders, whatever, they're always set in a village, always have an amateur sleuth. So, again, it's an area that I'm so familiar with, which is uh, the Tweed yes. Coast, Bangalow, Pottsville, all these sort of nice little village towns. I mean, towns. And I Bangalow just, just Bangalow, the, the, the sound of it just leads you to... <laughs> To oh. mystery and and yeah, doesn't it? Um, by the way, I was just going to say the areas that um, Greg and I are talking about are the southern end of Queensland, the northern end of New South Wales, and down towards Byron Bay. And I know that for a lot of the US listeners, you will know of Byron Bay because there's so many Hollywood celebrities making Byron Bay their home. So I could actually see a whole lot of uh, stories centred around Byron Bay from uh, Greg in in yeah. the future, just tapping into some of that Hollywood speculation, oh, so to speak. There's so, there's so uh, many Hollywood stars in our Chris Helmsworth, uh, yes, for all those yes. guys who know Thor, um, Simon Baker. Nicole Kidman, yes. Nicole Kidman's Nicole got places Kidman. there. Uh, Matt Damon comes across. Yes. Yeah, so many yes. people. So it, it's a... It's a fabulous because place. Because it's a beautiful, beautiful place. It really is a beautiful place yep. and still maintains its little country town image and persona. They're yep. very protective of their celebrities in Byron Bay. You, the locals protect them and protect their privacy fiercely. So I just, it's a, it would be a great scene for um, someone to write wonderful books about. Now we are actually down to our last few moments, and I, Greg, I really really would like you to tell the listeners the special offer you've got for today and yep. I'll pop it in the chat box for our listeners as well. Yeah. So uh, today what I would love to do is to finish this off by offering up uh, a book that has 13 novellas in it. Uh, so it turns into quite a lengthy little book. It's all about my cosy mysteries. Uh, the name of the book is called A Recipe for Murder, and it highlights three of the main characters there, Lady Margaret Turnbull, Kate McKenzie, and Selena Sharma. Uh, it's all murders that occur through some sort of a cooking um, expose. And you can get that book today by going to the link that uh, Tony's putting up, or if you have a good memory, C.T. Mitchell. Uh, dot com forward slash contest as well um it's exclusive for radio tony listeners one listener will get the the signed paperback i'll mail that to you anywhere in the world Uh, i'll also give away five digital downloads uh, of that book as well so there's plenty of opportunity there i'd love you to go across uh click on the link that tony um, supplied and um, become a winner and if you're down the track you want to uh, join in my uh, library, CT Mitchell Library, you'll be able to do that as well. Fantastic. Greg, um, listeners, that uh, link is up in the chat box now. It is also on radiotony.com. And if you go to Greg's uh, page, CT Mitchell books.com, which is in the link previous, you will find uh, how to 
jump in and grab that contest. I'm so delighted that we've had Greg on the show today. And if you've not read his books, then it's about time you discovered his amazing genre and the amazing amount of books that he has. Um, Greg's books are written to take you out of the everyday and give you a break from whatever's happening in your world there um a lot of them are short reads so they won't take long to read you can read them in your lunch hour and they just take you out of the ordinary and give you a burst of wonderful fiction crime and mystery um greg i'm delighted that you've taken the time to be on radio tony today it's wonderful to have you back and i do hope that i can get you back again in the future just to keep the listeners updated about your um writing life um thank you so much for coming on radio tony today greg Tony, it's always a pleasure to be on Radio Tony. I love being on the show. Uh, I'm a a listener uh, for other parts of your show as well. Uh, We also had the privilege, I think, of uh, interviewing you uh, not so long ago as well. So if listeners go onto my website, ctmitchellbooks.com, you'll be able to see in the blog the interview with Radio Tony. So if you want to find out some little nuances about her, check out that read and you'll enjoy it. Yep, I've loved the day. Thank you so much for having me back. I have to say... I spend so much time interviewing amazing people that I forget about the people that interview me. And, yes, Greg's interview was really fantastic. So you'll find that on um, his website as well. Greg, thank you so much. We are completely out of time. Listeners, don't forget to jump on to Greg's website, jump on to Amazon, find his books, jump on and try and get into that contest to win that signed copy. Uh, Lots of people love C.T. Mitchell books and there's a reason why they do. They are wonderful. So if you love that genre of crime, thriller and mystery, I've read his books. I think they're fantastic. Um, I just encourage you to jump on and get yourself uh, reading his books because they're great. Greg, thank you so much today, listeners. That's our lot for this week. We will be back next week with another author in the spotlight. Greg, have an amazing day. Listeners, thank you so much, and we will see you all next week. Bye for now. Radio Tony, your safe space for tough conversations. Exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony, a platform for the unheard. Radio Tony, with Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Radio 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 Tony. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Back next Thursday from 7pm Eastern Standard Time, live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Mama.